saint. And if you're a saint by the blood, you have been called. You've been called. Now it says in Ephesians 2 verse 8, it says, for by grace you have been saved through faith. You've been saved through faith by grace. And that, not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. What is the gift of God? The faith that got you saved by grace. Even the faith was a gift. And you thought you came up with it. But you didn't. Now, it says, not of works. Verse 9, not of works. Can everybody say that with me? Not of works. Lest anyone should boast. Now, keep that in mind because verse 10 tells us something else about works. For we are his workmanship. Turn to your neighbor and tell him you're under construction. The Holy Ghost has a hard hat on when it comes to you. You're under construction. You are his ever going on construction project, never ending project. Now, why is that happening? We have been created in Christ Jesus for what, everybody? Good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Now, watch this carefully. As evangelical, Protestant, charismatic Christians, we got it on grace. We got it. I know that I wasn't saved by works. I was saved by grace and faith. That's it. Not of myself. Got it. But here's what we tend to miss. We have not been saved by works, but we have been saved for works. That's what he just said. We're not saved by works, living a good life, never getting a ticket, being a sterling citizen. Uh Uh-uh. Because all of those works are as filthy rags to God. So I got it. I'm not saved by works, but I've been saved for works, unto works, with the purpose that I would be involved in good works. So we don't need to shun the phrase. We shun it. Ah, good works. I'm not saved by good works. Ah, it's a great phrase. I've been saved for good works. And that's my purpose. And God prepared those good works that I would walk in them before he said, let there be light. Before the time began. So I'm going to talk to you today about purpose. When a man does not know what harbor he is making for, when you don't know your purpose, your destination, your direction, no wind is the right wind. You can live accidentally, like a kite blown about by whatever wind happens to come its way, or you can live on purpose, on purpose, like a mountain climber who knows exactly what mountain he's climbing and exactly what peak he's headed for. You can live accidentally or you can live on purpose. It's your choice. Father, we thank you for the reality of purpose today, God's purpose for us. And we pray, Lord, I pray as the pastor of this church, as your servant, Lord, that this people will catch it 
that they will find their purpose. They will find your plan. They will find what you have designed them to do and do it and live on purpose and not accidentally. In Jesus' name. Now, will you breathe a prayer and just say, Lord, speak to me today. Change my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Look at your neighbor and tell them, on purpose. Now, last time, we looked at how God called us before time began. Isn't that a mind blower? God called us before time even began. And we saw this about that call, the call that is true for every believer in this room. And everyone listening by radio, we welcome you. And God has called you. If you've called on the name of Christ, there, is, there are certain things that are true for all of us in terms of God's purpose. We saw last time that God's plan for us is that we would be whole, W-H-O-L-E, whole, that we would be holy, that we would be adopted, that we would live lives that would glorify him, and that we were destined to be conformed into the image of his son. We're supposed to be chips off the old block. Amen? When people look at us, they ought to know who our daddy is. But we were also created in Christ Jesus to do good works. We were created to do good works. Now, verse 9 makes it crystal clear that we are not saved by works. We got it. We're not saved by works. By grace, you have been saved through faith. That's it. Christianity is not a performance religion. I can, on my very best day, would never get myself saved. We can't keep the law, couldn't keep the law, so God had to send his only son who kept the law perfectly, died for us on the cross, rose from the dead that we're about to celebrate in just a few weeks at either 7 or 9 or 11. The sun rises at 7.08. We're going to be here at 7, worshiping God, having communion. I'm looking forward to seeing all five of you. I'll bet you it's one of the best attended services of the day. You watch. Now, so we haven't been saved by works. We could never do it. Saved by grace, saved by faith, not of works, so that nobody could go out of church or or go out there in the public and say, well, it was my effort, my life, my good deeds that saved me. No, it was not. God decided to love you. He made up his mind to love you. And so he did love you. He led you to the foot of the cross. He convicted you of your sin. He touched you with the Holy Ghost, opened your eyes, showed you your need of a Savior, showed you that you were in sin, brought you to the foot of that cross. When you said, Jesus, forgive me, he put his Holy Spirit inside of you. He gave you a brand new nature. You became a new species of being that had never been before. You became a new creation in Christ Jesus. And that was all by grace through the faith God gave you as a gift. And so all we can do is just look up and say, Lord, thank you that I'm saved. Thank you that you plucked me out of the darkness, that you pulled me out of that life of sin and touched me and saved me. And so got it. I got it. I got it. We get that. But verse 10 makes it very clear that we were saved for something. We were not just saved for heaven. We didn't just get fire insurance. God is more than a flat tire God. We turn to him for more than a 911. God began 
an everlasting, lifelong work in you and me. And he began to institute and initiate his calling on your life the minute that you got saved. Because he saved you for good works. He saved you for that. Wow. Before I was ready or even knew about it, God planned a mission for me and you. And you and you and all of you. He planned a mission for you. It's not just the preachers. Anybody who is saved, God had a task for you, a mission. You and I are on earth to complete a task. We're here to fulfill a mission. God planned for us long, long ago. Don't you know that's why you're still alive today? Why God left you on this planet? Why there have been so many times Satan tried to kill you, tried to take you out, tried to take your life, and you can look back and you can see there was the hand of an angel, the hand of God, and you were kept on this planet? Why in the world has God kept you here? Because you were saved for good works. There is a mission for you. There is a task you have got to accomplish. Paul said, I have made it my goal that I am going to apprehend that for which he also apprehended me. See, when you got saved, it wasn't just fire insurance. Like I said, you were apprehended. And God had something in his mind when he saved you. He saved you, apprehended you, pulled you out of the darkness into his marvelous light and he had something on his mind for you that's God's plan God has a place for you God has a place for you he's got a place for you now now let me tell you a few things about this place and this plan it's an individual plan it's individual you don't have my task and I don't have yours you have yours you have your own God laid his hand on you. There is something you can do better than anyone else because God has custom designed you for it. He made you for it. There is something God has for you to do. I can't do as well. You can do it better than anyone else. Listen to what Paul said. Paul said, I have finished my course. Possessive. He owned it. He said, there was a course for me. There was something for me when Jesus saved me. It was my course. And see, he had his own individual calling. We all have corporate calling, but we also have individual calling. And I want to preach that into your life today. God laid his hand on you for something, and you have a course. And you want to be able to look up at the end of your life and say, I finished my course. My course. I kept the faith, but I finished my course. What he apprehended me for, I made it my pursuit in life to do it. And I have done it. So now there is waiting for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord will give me on that day. Because I finished my course. Now there's something else about the plan or the call or the purpose of God. It's not only individualistic, but it will help to complete or mature your faith. See, until you do what God has designed you to do, there's going to be something lacking in your faith. Listen to what James wrote about Abraham. He said, do you see that faith, faith was working together with his works. And by works, his faith was made perfect. 
See, James said, you say to me that you've got faith without works. I say to you, show me your faith without works, and I'll show you my faith by my works. If you have living faith inside of you, God has a work for you, and that faith will begin to manifest itself in works of righteousness. Works don't save you, but works, good works, works that glorify God, testify that you have been saved. See, see, We're saved by grace through faith, but once we're saved, good works follow, good works follow, good works surround us. We begin to involve ourselves not in a sinful lifestyle, but in works of righteousness, and those attest to the fact that we have saving faith. Show me your faith without your works, and I'll show you my faith by my works. My works surround me, and they surround me because I have active faith. Now, there's something else about the plan. Catch this now, others are waiting for you to obey. There are people you don't know yet, people that you're going to have divine encounters with. There are people who are waiting for you to find what God has called you to do and for you to do it. There are people who are not going to experience a particular touch from God until you get with the program. Because God's got a divine... Listen, I believe. I don't believe in happenstance and I don't believe in accidents. I believe in a God of providence. I believe that God orders the steps of his children. The steps of a good person are ordered by the Lord. He delights in his way. I consider everybody I meet a divine encounter. I believe that God's got something there. And if I look for it, I will find it. I believe that God orders our steps. And so I know that there are people who are waiting for you to kick into your gift to begin to operate and function in what God's called you to do. Listen to what Paul said. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. He says, no, much rather those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. Church, I'm going to tell you today, you way back on the back row, you who get up and go eight to five every day to some job, you pay the bills, you come home, you wonder what it's all about. Can I just stretch your understanding a little bit today? I want you to know you are necessary. I need you. You need me and I need you. I need you to function in what God has called you to do because you've got a calling. Go out today. Step on a nail with your little toe. Tell me if your little toe will not inform the rest of your body that it's important. Yeah, it will. And and if you don't take care of it, and if you don't minister to that little toe, it'll make your whole body think all day long, little toe, little toe, that little toe, that little toe is important to me. It matters to me. Because it's connected to the foot bone, which is connected to the ankle bone and the leg bone. And it's a part of the body. That's why you are necessary. I need you. You need me. I can't do without you. I need you to function in your grace, flow in your gift, walk in your purpose, find God's plan for your life and do it. Because as soon as you do, it releases sustenance and life and blood flow to the body. Say with me, I matter. Every member of this church, of the body of Christ, is a 10 in some area. When I began to look at this phrase, good works, that we so shun in the body of Christ, 
Uh, I was amazed at how often it's in the Bible. Good works, good works. They perfect your faith. I want you to listen to just a few of the examples of good works being in the Bible. Ephesians 2.10, we've already quoted it. We were created in Christ Jesus for good works. Colossians says we, have, we are to be fruitful in every good work. The Bible says we're to be established in every good work. Good works are clearly evident in the lives of believers, it says in Timothy. We are to be rich in good works, prepared for every good work, equipped by the Word of God for every good work. Do you know why you have that Bible in your hands? Because all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable that the man of God, woman of God might be thoroughly furnished and equipped for every good work. We are to be zealous for good works. We're to maintain good works. We're to learn to maintain good works. Women professing godliness are to be followed by good works. Widows should be well reported of for good works. We are to be ready for every good work. You can be reprobate. You can backslide and lose your ministry of good works. Good works flow out of the gifting the grace of God has uniquely placed on your life. And I'm going to talk about that more in just a minute. Listen to Ephesians 2.10. He creates each of us by Christ Jesus to join him in the work he does. The good work he's gotten ready for us to do. Work we had better be doing. I have been created, fashioned, designed, and called by God to be involved in good works. The minute that I'm saved. Good works are fruit-bearing. You want to know what they look like? Here's what a good work looks like. It's fruit-bearing. It is fruit-bearing. That means change lives. You change and people around you change because they've been influenced by the Lord. Fruit-bearing. A good work is fruit-bearing. Jesus said, you didn't choose me, but I chose you. And that you would go and bring forth, what? Much fruit. And that your fruit would remain so what is the fruit? We know what it is. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, meekness, kindness, faith. Against such there is no law. When I involve myself, when I mix my faith with works, when I mix my faith with good works, then it brings forth fruit in my life and it brings forth fruit in the lives of others. Because I'm ministering this word today, it's going to bring forth fruit in your life. You can't help it because you're mixing it with faith. And if you mix this word with faith and go and do it and involve yourself in good works, you can't help but grow and mature and have your faith completed. So, Good works are fruit-bearing, but good works also glorify God. Now, this really struck me. This is a Sermon on the Mount. Jesus said, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works. And what do they do when they see your good works? They glorify your Father who is in heaven. When you walk in good works, it brings glory to God. When you get out there and you put faith or feet to your faith and you touch people, bless people, minister to people, that's good works. And they begin to bring forth fruit. That's good works. Now, people see that. Now, I want you to listen very carefully to what I'm going to say. Faith justifies you before God. When you put faith in Jesus Christ, God declares you righteous. Faith justifies you before God. Faith gets you into heaven. Good works justify you before people. 
because they can't see God. So if you go out and you say, well, I'm a believer now, I'm a Christian, I go to church, they say, really? And they start watching your works. They start watching your lifestyle. They start watching the way that you live. And like it or not, you are the only Jesus some people are ever going to see. So when you say, I'm a Christian, and you go out and you begin to minister to people, give your time to people, sacrifice to bless others, live a life that glorifies God, it says, they see your good works, and that's how you let your light shine on this planet. Let your light so shine that those out there see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. They see it and they go, wow, he's real. He's real. He's real. How do you know he's real? Well, I don't have a relationship with him, but I'm looking at what he did with them. I know the way they used to live and I know the way they live now. I know the way they used to and I know the way they're walking now. And I see their good works. And I look up and he must be real. So faith justifies me before God, but good works justify me before men. Everybody with me today? Well, it's kind of quiet. Oh, Pastor Jeff. You mean I gotta, I gotta walk my talk? Well, yeah. Matter of fact, preach what you practice. Well, I'm just going to move on with this word now. <laughs> Good works are done through obedience to him. Done through obedience. Paul wrote, to, uh, wrote about a guy named Archippus. Archippus. And he said, take heed. Tell, tell Archippus, take heed to the ministry you've received in the Lord that you fulfill it. See, he had a ministry he'd received from the Lord, and that ministry was his purpose. It was his individual call. It was his course and he says, see that you fulfill it. Woe unto me if I preach not the gospel. God called me to preach. I'm a single talent guy. I don't have multi-talents. He called me to use words. But woe unto me if I don't do it. Woe unto me if I don't teach. Woe to me if I don't preach. Woe to me if I don't reach. Because that's what his hand is on me to do. I must take heed that I fulfill the ministry He's given to me and called me to do with the ministry of angels. But you know what? You've got a call. You've got a purpose. And God wants you to be a blessing to other people. Good works are those works that are done in his name. Rather than made in China or made in America, a good work is carefully tagged by the Christian to read, made in heaven. Last summer I was on my patio and I was reading the Bible being spiritual, just reading the word. And I noticed over to my right on um, the road that goes past our house, this car broke down. It was an old Toyota. And this guy got out and I saw him get out a cell phone and he tried to use it. He hit it a few times and it was easy to see it was dead. It was August. It was like 110. You just had to hold an egg up and it hard boiled. You know what I mean? So I looked at him from my perch on my patio and thought, wow, and went back to reading the Word. He stood there. I could see the sweat pouring off of him, and the Holy Spirit said to me after too long, why don't you go give him a phone? I had to be honest. His looks had bothered me. 
His hair was, you know, five different colors. He looked freaky, like I used to look before I got all churched up. You know what I'm talking about? How quickly we forget. I mean, I was freaky, baby, let me tell you. Now, I went and got a phone, and I took it to him. I said, here. He said, oh, man, thanks. He calls a guy to come pick him up, a, a, you know, a tower, after like 30 to 45 minutes. And he handed me back the phone. It's all sweaty. I'm thinking, well, my good deed is done. And I started walking back to my house, and God said to me, you're not getting a reward for that one. And I said, why? He said, because you didn't tell him why you did it. You were just making yourself look good. I thought, I want a reward. I turned around. I said, hey, are you a Christian? He went, oh, you know, everybody in America is saved. He goes, oh, uh, 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 yeah, I think so. And I said, I did that. In the name of Jesus, he told me to bring you that phone. He's looking at me. And the Lord said, now, you did a good work flavored with, colored with, with the stamp of Jesus on it. A good work always lifts up Jesus. So whatever you do and wherever you do it, do it in the name of the Lord. Isn't that what it says? Let all that you do, no matter what you do, let it be done. How, everybody? In the name of the Lord. Because that's what makes a good work a good work. When they know why you did it. So if you take a neighbor a pie, tell them why, so you'll get a reward instead of losing a pie. All right then, if I'm supposed to be involved in good works and God has called me individually and you individually to good works, how do I find out what my niche is? What I'm supposed to do as an individual, why he apprehended me? How can I decipher why and how God apprehended me? What was in his mind when he saved you? Here's how you find it. Three things, real simple. First, your talents your talents. You want to know what God's called you to do? Look at your talents. God created birds to fly and gave them wings to do it. God created you with a purpose and gave you what you needed to do it. Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one of them he gave five talents to one he gave two, and to another he gave one. Now, we usually stop right there. I want you to listen carefully what Jesus said later. He says, to each according to his own ability. We receive talents based on an ability that God gave us when we were in our mama's womb. He gave us Unability. That word ability translates from the Greek word dunamis, which means strength. So God gave you a strength. 
There is something you do better than you do anything else. It's your strength. He gave to one five talents because his particular strength could handle five. He gave to another two because his ability could handle two. And he gave one one because his ability could handle one. It says he gave them the talents according to their ability, according to their strength, according to where God had made them particularly proficient and strong. David said, you fashioned me in my mother's womb. I am made and designed by God. Now, so how do you find out your calling? Well, one thing you do is you look in the mirror and you take a hard look at yourself and you go, where am I strong? What what comes easily to me? What do I really enjoy doing? What am I really proficient at? That's what you're supposed to use and turn over to God, which I'll talk about in just a moment. That is what God wants to touch and use so that you can funnel that into good works that glorify your Father who is in heaven. And if you can't figure out what your strength is, ask the people who know you. Say, what's my strength? If they know you well at all, they can rip off your strengths and weaknesses before you can say, Jesus, help me. (laughs) My dad, when I was growing up, my dad used to say to me, you need to be a lawyer. Why do I need to be a lawyer? Because, because you have an ability with words, Jeff, and persuasion. You ought to be a lawyer. Well, my dad was right in the natural. But then Jesus got a hold of me, and he took the one strength that I had and called me to preach with it. And now I'm using it right now, and I feel so good using it. I love using it. Because you see, folks, when you move in your strength, you get maximum results with minimum stress. But when you move in something that's not your strength, you get minimum results with maximum stress. If God's called you to be an eye, don't try to be an ear. If he, listen, if I had here a hammer and a saw, and both of them are lost, going straight to hell. Just imagine with me. And, and the saw watches the hammer hammer, and he wants to be just like that hammer. So here you've got a saw, and that saw is saying, why won't these nails go in? And then the saw gets saved. The saw turns to the creator and says, here I am. And the creator says, I didn't call you to hammer nails. I called you to cut wood. And so suddenly the saw finds its place and starts cutting wood. Hammers are called to hammer nails. Saws to cut wood. Birds to fly. Fish to swim. You have been given a strength. And when you find it, It will deliver you from unnecessary stress and pressure when you begin moving in your gift. So so what is it? What is your gift? You may be good with people. You may be very merciful. You may love my wife. My wife is always thinking about other people. Kathy is always out there ministering to other people. She's always saying, have you called so-and-so? Did you this? Did you that? Last, yesterday she called me and wanted me to take food and stuff to two and three different people. She said, have you done it yet? I'm always thinking, minister the word, minister the word, minister the word. Kathy comes along and brings me down to earth and says, get out there and give some people some food. That's her gift. That's her one gift. She'll think of you when you don't think of you. She will give you the shirt off her back. She will love you, stay with you, and serve you in practical ways. That's Kathy. 
That's why she's a great first lady. That's right. Ask yourself, what is my strength? Ask others, what is my strength? Remember, you were created in Christ Jesus for good works and God doesn't make any junk. And what he created you to do, you have the ability, the dunamis, the the strength to do. It's within you. Now, the second thing you look for to find your gift is your circumstances. Look around you. Where has God placed you? Look around you. Because God opens providential doors. You will find, if you look around you, that God has placed your life somewhere in some capacity where your strength can be utilized. And if you're not in a place like that, you're going to have maximum misery. If you can find a place where your gift can be used, you'll have maximum joy. But if you're in something that doesn't fit your strength, if you're in a hammer when you're a saw, if, if your job requires a hammer and you're a saw, if, if, if you need to be an eye and you're an ear, you're going to be miserable because God created you to do a particular thing. Do you believe this today? Yeah. So look around you. Jesus said he was the one who opens and no man shuts. And when you fully give him your life, Jesus opens doors along the way and bids us walk through them. When I gave him my life, everywhere I turned, somebody was asking me to speak. And I didn't think that I was a speaker. Other people saw my strength before I ever did. And every time I turned around, once I gave him my life, I was in a situation where people were saying, would you share, would you teach, would you preach? I've never looked for ministry. I've never looked for it. It's always come to me. Because it says a man's gift makes room for him. And brings him before great men. So your, your gift will make room for you. You will find yourself, look around you in your circumstances. Where has God put you? Then look at your strength. And then realize that more than likely, the providence of God has placed you where you can use your gift. Whatever it is, if you're in business, salt and pepper it with Jesus. Whatever you do, whatever your vocation is, give it to him. And that brings me to my last point today. Give your gift to God. Give it to God. When you realize what your strength is, realize that God didn't give it to you just for you. He gave it to you for a good work so that your Father could be glorified through the good works you do. So whatever you do and whatever you have, give it to God. There needs to be a time when you present your abilities and your giftings to God. Lord, I'm not going to just use this for me. I'm not going to use it to get glory for myself. I'm going to use it. I want you to touch it and use it for your glory. So here's what Jesus does. The little boy gave him the five loaves and two fishes and said, here. Jesus took it. He blessed it. He broke it, brought it into submission to his will, and he distributed it. When you give your gift to God, your strength, he'll take it, he'll bless it, he'll bring it into submission to his will by breaking it, and then he'll cause others to be blessed through it. Five loaves and two fishes touched thousands of people. When I gave the one gift I had to God, he took it, he blessed it, 
He broke it, and I'm giving it to you today. And that's the way that it works. Dr. Schaefer there is an oral surgeon. He, he was an oral surgeon. He's retired now, but if he got you into his office, he had a captive audience. When you're in that chair and you're about to lose your wisdom teeth, what are you going to say if he starts talking to you about Jesus? When you walked in, there were tracks everywhere. He, he, he turned the whole office into a witnessing machine. He flavored everything that he did with the fragrance of Christ. So he took his strength and gave it to God. He took it and he blessed it and he broke it and he gave it. I was watching Kirk Cameron on TV just the other day. Here he is. He has a gift for acting. He goes out there and he does a long-term sitcom. He gets saved. So now what does he do? He gave that gift to God. And now Kirk Cameron does Christian movies. He's on television all the time witnessing for Jesus Christ in the face of the hardest atheists and secularists you can find. He smiles. He shines. He took that gift and God gave it to God and God took it and blessed it and brought it into submission to his will. And now he touches millions of people. That's the plan of God. He gave you a gift. Give it to him. Let him take it and bless it and make it sanctified and then use it to touch a dying world. That's God's plan. Can you stand with me today? So can you say with me, I will look at my strength. I'll survey my circumstances. I'll give my gift to God and I will find my place. God has a place for you you. Heavenly Father, I thank you today that you have given every person in this room an ability and a trust with that ability. Lord, I pray that this church finds its place, every individual, and involves himself and herself in good works that glorify God. Now, I want you to take a minute and just say, Lord, I give you my strength, my ability, the one thing you gave me that I do naturally and well, I give you that gift. I give you that gift. Take a minute and pray before we dismiss as Steve plays. Have a moment with the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.